As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for episode number 31 of Changemakers. We've got some great guests on this show. A very exciting Uh, way at looking at bad situations in your life, how to turn them around, and how to create real change in the world. Sometimes we've had people on this show, as you know, that have changed huge communities. We've got American Ninja Warriors. We've had people that bring people out of uh, the KKK. We have had so many different things and different variations. The last few episodes have been people that have been helping in their community, helping directly around them, or helping uh, the world in a way that directly affected them so they could spread change to people around them. And this is another great example of that. We've got the two ladies from Love Jessica uh, on here. It was founded in, well, it's been founded kind of over a span of different time. They've been working on it, but officially founded in 2020. You guys are going to like their story uh, and how they took tragedy and turned it into triumph and helping other parents do the same. Uh, It is a show about parents that have lost a child before they've been born uh, and and what struggles they go through. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. It's gonna be eye opening, and hopefully you're gonna resonate with their story and find a way to create change in the world around you and create that ripple effect that makes change. So with that, we're gonna get started in about thirty seconds. I see a lot of people joining as we speak. Please p- go ahead and put a comment in the comment box. I see you, Barbara Heller. Heller is Heller. I like that. It's like Helen Keller, but saying hello in a completely different way. I don't know if that works. Anyways, go ahead and say where you guys are from as well as hit that like, hit the hearts, hit the share button. Let's get the show started right here on the Be The Change Network. What's going on, everybody? It is Anthony Russo from Hashtag Be The Change. Thank you all for joining us. I know that I I love Changemakers. This is the show that this station was all about, what this network was all about. It's the flagship show. I know a lot of you guys like the politics, but guess what? This is the show that actually shows people creating change in the world around them and hopefully inspiring you to do the exact same thing. So do us a favor. Let's get the algorithm tricked and tricked. Uh, I know you guys are probably watching on either YouTube or Facebook. We've got a decent amount, but we could use some more. So all you got to do is hit that thumbs button, hit the hearts. If you are on YouTube right now, swipe the comments over off to the side and hit the reaction button. The reaction button is how we get more people watching. It's how Facebook and YouTube know to alert people that we have gone live. If you like all of our programming on YouTube and you haven't done this yet, Subscribe is only one thing. Hit the bell, and that'll allow you to know when we have gone live. So 
go ahead and do that for me. And uh, let's go ahead and get this show started. Quick housekeeping later on tonight. We do have an episode of Concert Avengers. Suni will be back tonight uh, with, uh, of course, Casey, Eric, and Kevin. This will be a good show. Last night, we you know we had the kids on. We had the youth on. Tonight, we're just going to have a little fun, a little safe space for those uh, conservatives out there. So it'll be an interesting and always fun show. But this show is not about politics. So if you're afraid of sharing political stuff on your timeline, this is where you don't have to worry about it. This isn't about politics. This is about people creating real change, creating a ripple effect. There's that whole philosophy that if you dip your toe in a pool, you see the ripples that go around in the water and that effect keeps bigger and bigger as they go. Just like a teacher uh, doesn't just affect one student, it affects the student and all the lives that that student touches. So it's important to create change in the world around you and in the community. And this is a great story of creating change. A lot of you guys know my backstory and what I speak on, which is overcoming failure. And that was inspired from uh, a childhood that involved a compulsive gambling father, a compulsive gambler. And that trauma is what led me to actually be able to help people overcome failure, learning from his gambling. This is different, but the same. This is two ladies that have gone through something that most people cannot imagine. Most people cannot understand what that would feel like. And, uh, and found a way not just to overcome, but inspired them to create a change where they can help other families, mothers, fathers that have gone through the same thing. So I'm going to introduce our guests now. Uh, please say hello to them. Uh, yes, Suni is fine. She'll be on the show tonight. Uh, all right, guys, please give a warm welcome. If you're at home, you can do a little that, maybe a little hand clap, whatever you want to do. We've got Jennifer and Mallory from Love Jessica. What's going on, ladies? How you doing? Hi. <laughs> uh, excellent. So I, I want you guys uh, to get the opportunity to introduce yourself and also introduce what Love Jessica is. And this was originally formed by Jennifer. So I'm going to start with you. I didn't give the whole full spiel. People kind of understand what it's about. But Jennifer, please explain uh, what Love Jessica is and who you are. Yes, um, I'd be happy to do that. So, um, so thank you so much for having us. First of all, um, we're excited to share our, our mission and, and our cause. Um, but I um, I founded Love Jessica. We launched on July 1st of 2020. So a little over a year ago now. Um, it's in honor of uh, my first daughter. Um, we named her Jessica. She was stillborn at 27 weeks gestation on July 1st, 2014. Um, so it's been seven years now since we lost her. And I wanted to do something to honor her. Um, I knew I always wanted to do something. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, after we lost her, the medical bills started coming in several weeks later. And that was really a shock to me. Um, I guess I should have known to expect it, but it's not something that you think of in the moment um, when you're you know, in the hospital going through the unimaginable. You never think, well, how much is this going to cost? Um, or you know, when are the bills going to come? Um, so I thought this is how I can help people. This is how I can honor her is to help ease that financial burden when those bills come in, because, um, you should never have to pay bills for a baby that you can't take home with you is my perspective on it. So, um, so what we do is we help pay those medical bills for families that have had a miscarriage or a stillbirth. And, and while we're helping ease the financial burden, we're also helping, um, give them acknowledgement and recognition of their story and their experience as well. So that's sort of what we do in a nutshell. <laughs> that's fantastic. We'll obviously ask more in a second. Yeah. Mallory, go ahead and yes. introduce yourself and how you know Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Mallory. And ironically, Jennifer and I went to high school together in Louisville, Kentucky. So she shared her story of her loss. And after that, in 2015, I lost my firstborn son, Noah, on April 3rd. And she, you know, excellent reached out and, you know, kind of helped me through the process. And, you know, it's, it's, you never fully get over it. And it's, it's a very difficult thing. Uh, he would be six years old at this point. Um, so yeah, I was honored when she asked me to join her, her organization and help those, um, help pay the medical bills. But to me, it's even more than that. I get to interact with some of the women that have gone through it and, and hearing their stories and being able to bring some light and some happiness into their lives. That's, that's kind of why I, um, what I enjoy about this because 
what Jennifer said, you know, you come home and you get, you start getting these medical bills and, you know, there's all kinds of stress and anxiety that you have anyways, after losing um, a baby and having somebody help you from that start and, and kind of help you navigate and give you some other resources. It's, it's really fantastic. And I wish I had this when I went through my loss. So I'm here to kind of help those now that I'm that are dealing with this. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's, and like you said, it's getting, it's being able to have those conversations. Cause I, I have a, I have a friend right now that's got a premature baby, very premature and it's, it's surviving. Uh, it's, it's getting there, but there's also, it's not just the bills. The bills are salt on a very, very open wound. It's also having almost a camaraderie. Uh, and I know what she's going through and I'm assuming the same thing. There's almost a stigma that, and, and I'm going to ask a question. It might be a little bit hard to answer in that moment when it happens, does it almost feel like it's your fault? I think very much so. Um, I'll, I'll let Mallory answer for herself too, but in my opinion, I, I felt a huge sense of guilt. Um, you know, what, what did I do wrong? There must've been something that I did to cause this, um, you know, and it, it see, it's hard seeing all of your friends and family and, you know, every, it seems, it feels like you walk through, you know, Target or the grocery store and everybody you see is pregnant or announcing a pregnancy or just had a baby that is healthy and, and alive. Um, so it's hard as a woman, you feel like, you know, it's almost, I don't want to say your duty to have children, obviously, because that's not what it is, but you feel like whether you choose to have kids or choose not to have kids that you should at least be able to do it yeah. and do it successfully. And if you can't do it, it's sort of like, well, what's wrong with me? Right. Um, so it's that guilt that that you carry that that honestly, I don't know that that ever goes away fully. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely hard. Yeah. Well, t- to be clear, it's not your fault. And that's and I hope you didn't think that's what I that I meant by it. But it's just it's that that ability, like Mallory said, to have somebody else to, to talk to that's gone through it, because sometimes you avoid that. We don't it's it's not overly common. So we don't necessarily know somebody that's right next to us that we can have those conversations with. And just no matter how great a marriage is, it, it's sometimes you don't want to talk to your husband, I would assume. Mallory, same question to you. Is yeah. it was is that camaraderie something that's important to, to understand? Yes. And and like you said, because I didn't know anybody going through this or or had so I lost no at 37 weeks and I didn't know anybody that also was going through a loss. You know, it was all of my friends around me having babies and healthy babies. So I was, I felt very alone in that moment. And it wasn't necessarily guilt because I had a pretty healthy pregnancy. It was just what's wrong with me. Like I I would go to this doctor, this doctor to try and figure out like there has to be something wrong with me that this happened to me. Um, But it is, it's once you start finding people that have been in a similar experience, it's, it's helpful. And it, it just makes you, you know, feel like, okay, well they made it, you know, they're still surviving. I'm going to hang on to their stories and, and what they did to help heal themselves or, um, you know, share similar experiences. Like what Jennifer said, like going to the mall and you, you know, you see everybody around you either with a new baby or pregnant, like those kind of things. And then being able to talk to somebody about it, that's been in a similar experience is, is, you know, I feel like it, it, it's really a big part of the healing process and important. And al- almost as important as the money, if not sometimes more, because and I and yes. I'll ask more about your guys, your ladies organization um, as we go. Uh, so I, I'm curious because I did see in your story that you also you also lost a second child, Jennifer, and that was almost the as traumatic as that is, that was the fuel to get this rebuilt and and moving along uh, for, for real. So kind of take us through the timeline of when you got started and uh, and 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 how we got to where we are now, the, the official launch in 2020. Yeah, definitely. Um, so so we lost Jessica July 1st, 2014 at 27 weeks along. Um Soon after that, I was pregnant again. Um, thankfully, we were so happy and um, had an early miscarriage. We were about seven or eight weeks along. So um, within a week time frame, it was, oh my gosh, we're so happy. We're pregnant again. This is great that it happened so soon right after. And then a um, couple days later, it, it was done. 
Um, they called it a chemical pregnancy, um, which I, I don't really like that term, but I guess, you know, medical wise, that's what it's called. Um, we got pregnant again soon after. So luckily, you know, the, the getting pregnant isn't the problem for us. Um, that, <laughs> that pregnancy was uh, successful. My daughter, Olivia, um, she'll turn six next month. Um, so that was a pretty, it was a, a relatively healthy pregnancy, um, not to mention the complete anxiety stress during every day of it, just waiting for something to go wrong. Um, mm. But that ended successfully. Um, after that, we had uh, my son, he had just turned four. So he was born um, June 5th, 2017. Um, after that, we didn't know if we wanted to have any more. So we waited a little bit, adjusting to two, under two was a little rough. Um, we decided we wanted to have one more. We wanted to try. We just felt like, you know, we could, we had enough, uh, love and resources to have one more. So, um, got pregnant again, you know, quickly again. And, um, at this point, you know, I was stressed and, and anxious just because having experienced the two previous losses, I knew that something could go wrong, you know, any day. Um, so I, but I didn't really have the time to worry about it as much because I was busy chasing around two other little ones. So with that loss, um, it was at 16 weeks. It was a, a regular routine, you know, quick check the heartbeat appointment. And we went in and I expected to be in and out in 30 minutes. And, um, and there was no heartbeat. It was just, it completely caught me off guard. Um, I was sh just shocked. You know, it was the last thing I, I almost felt like it, this can't happen again. You know, we, we paid our dues. Why, why again, this is our third loss. Um, so that was really hard at, at 16 weeks, you know, you don't want to say you're safe, you know, cause we know there's no, never any safe, but, um, but you feel like you're at least past the, the 12 week mark, the first trimester. You're allowed to start telling people. Exactly. And that's yeah. another topic we can discuss. I don't necessarily agree with that, but we can get into that later. <laughs> um, I'm curious. But, now I want to know. <laughs> but, um, so that it, it was just like, okay, you were four months pregnant and now you're, you're not, um, we opted for a DNC. We were given the option of labor and delivery. Uh, I, I personally, I couldn't do that again, knowing, you know, the, the 24 to 48 hour process and what that involved and knowing the outcome. I, I chose not to do that. Um, so it was two days later, it was done. And then it was like on with the summer, you have two little kids to, to take care of. And it was, nobody mentioned it. Nobody brought it up. It was just like, it never happened. Um, which is sad. Um, but, but I expected it because I know it's hard for people to talk about, um, and hard for people to bring up. So, um, we, we did again, we got pregnant again, and now we have, um, my daughter, Gianna, she just turned one. Um, so now we have our three healthy babies that are here with us living um, and we're as happy as can be and blessed but it's been a long process it's been six pregnancies three losses three living here so um, it's been a long process it was after um, actually after we had the um, the 16 week loss when I got the second round of bills that came in that's when I thought okay I've been putting this off for too long I was I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I, I had the general idea, um, but the timing wasn't right. Just as, you know, there's never any right time in life to do things. So I kept just delaying. After those bills came in, I thought, I'm going to do this. Who cares what the timing is? Who cares if it fails? I need to try and I need to, um, to if I don't do it, it'll be the biggest regret of my life. So um, I was on maternity leave. COVID hit, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. And, um, and one night I built the website or, well, it wasn't in one night, but, um, you know, just started, got, got things up and going. Let's now be, let's be honest. COVID <laughs> felt like one very long night. Let's be honest. Like yes. just blended together. Yes. So you set it yes. all up and that's, and that's where you got started, uh, officially. Yep. Um, I, I do want to add some levity to this. Technically you're, you're at, you're batting 500. If you were a baseball player, you would be the greatest baseball player of all time. So I, the three for six, if you want to add a little positivity to it, you know, but no, it's, it, I, I, it really is amazing to, to think of. And I, I know mothers that have lost children and to go through three. And it looked like we got Sherry that said she's been through three. Uh, Lisa said the, the same type thing that, that, that stigma that comes with it and how difficult that is to, mm -hmm. to overcome. And, I, I do. I, I'm curious, and I saw the I saw the story when you were on the news, um, but I don't know if that was pretty normal. How much is it to with insurance? How much do people technically owe? What are the actual bills look like? 
So everything varies, obviously, depending on your insurance coverage, your deductible, et cetera. And, and Mallory is actually the, the insurance expert of our team. But um, <laughs> I mean, for, for me, the bills were I, mean, I have corporate insurance, I, uh, you know, large policies. And um, and my bills were in the thousands every single time. Uh, my bills for the losses we had were more than my bills for the healthy babies that we brought home. Um, so I know everything varies, but I mean, you, there's things that you don't think about, you know, you have, do you want, um, chromosome testing to find out what went wrong? Do you want an autopsy? Um, you're a high risk pregnancy moving forward. So your future pregnancies are more expensive. It's just like a, a trickle down, never ending type of thing. Yeah. I would say too, the average before insurance is going to be around 15 to 20,000. And yeah. then the insurance takes away some of that or mm-hmm. the other or insurance pays on top of that. That's what you'll get billed and then insurance. Yeah. We'll chop cool. down. And mm-hmm. and you work part part of the organization is actually to work with insurance companies. That is that kind of what I'm gathering? Well, we um so we work with the the girls that get the medical bills and then they'll send those to us and we'll work with them to help them pay them. So Got it. Okay. We might have to call, you know, just to verify some things, but um we're kind of after after they receive the bill, uh what their kind of balance is left, then we'll try and assist with them at that point. I wonder if there's any room for negotiation, because I mean, always you can negotiate with insurance companies and with hospitals. I'm wondering if there's any room to do that. And that could be, I mean, if you're getting used to it, Mal, might as well, you know, get involved, throw you, throw your hat in the ring. It's if there's anybody that can use, take and shave in a few dollars, it's the uh, medical insurance companies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, so with the, um, I, I have another another kind of personal question. And I, I again, I've had a friend that did, I was in the room for somebody asking this question. And it's like, Ugh. so when you've lost a child, how often or has it happened? I'm sure I, I'm, I'm, if I was betting, I would say that it has uh, where somebody asked you months down the road that you haven't seen and said, oh, how's your how's your kid or how, you know, you know, all that stuff. How does that emotionally hit when that happens or has that not happened? I can go first. Um, <laughs> I I know it's happened to both of us. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Mal and our, Mallory and I haven't shared specific stories like that, but it's it's inevitable um, because with social media these days, um, you're I mean, most people post about a pregnancy, and um, for me, when we lost Jessica, we we just like we made the announcement and then we just went silent. Um, there, we didn't make any formal posts about our loss. It was just like. We didn't post anything, any more updates. So I think people sort of put two and two together. Um, but then when we would see them um, or through word of mouth, that sort of thing, it would sort of be like, well, well, what happened? You know, nobody wanted to really ask us directly, um, which is, would I you understand. Have them? Like, yes, yes. I would rather them have asked me directly because um, it's, it's acknowledgement again, that I don't want, like I was pregnant. I was pregnant for several months. The baby was real and I don't want people to pretend like it never happened, um, because it was very real to me and my family. So I would rather them ask, even if it's uncomfortable for them, which I know it is. And that's why people don't bring it up. It's, it's an, un- death is uncomfortable, especially with children. Um, but, but yeah, it's hard, but I would rather somebody ask. And I try to do that now in my um, in my daily life, not just when, when people have a loss, um, not just a pregnancy loss, you know, a, a, a parent, a sibling, a, a friend, I try to acknowledge it and not, you know, pretend like that person never existed. I know how much that can mean to somebody. Absolutely. Mallory, how about you? Yeah. So I would kind of echo what Jennifer said about social media. You know, we, I've posted pregnancy pictures and then, you know, after it had happened, you know, I kind of put a feeler out there because, you know, I didn't want to leave the house for a while and then kind of just letting people know what happened. But I would say, you know, close friends and family, they were all very good about helping us and being there for us, um, you know, help doing remembrance services and all that just to help. That was, you know, refreshing. Um, I, I did have a thought on that and I'm trying to rewrap my brain what it was. But, um, I think too, with, with the loss, um, 
I don't know where I'm going with this. Let's go to That's the next a, question. Yeah, no, if you can, if, if you can remember it, let me know. I um, I'll I'll never forget. And it's like we I worked on the road with people, and I was very close to the people we work with. We were like road family, and uh, one of the girls we worked with lost a child. Um, similar situation to Jennifer's in the sense that she knew it was coming. They were trying to figure out. They did the DNA test, or they did the chromosome test. They knew they knew something was wrong, um, and they gave a very low percentage chance, and and she lost it, but. With social media, you brought up the point. I didn't even think about it. Most people are going to know at this point. However, sometimes people you work with and something like that, you see them and you don't always see the same people. And it was the most uncomfortable, probably 45 seconds of my whole entire life uh, because we were so close with her and the one guy that knew us, but not really knew us. We had to get in a car together and he pretty much was like, hey, you know, it's been about eight months. The kid's got to be what, like three months old now? And all of us Mm -hmm. were just like... Okay. Yeah, that's like, hard. What I do? remembered what I was going to say. Go ahead. It, it's still kind of, you know, alive today. It's the hardest thing for me, you know, after I did have a, um, I have two children now is when people would ask me how many children I have. That was always mm-hmm. a hard question for me because I don't want to, you know, how much time do you have? Can you sit down and, and hear my story? But right. at the same time, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I've got this child here, but I do have another child just, you know, not on earth here with me. So that's still like even six years has passed. And that's still something every time somebody asks me how many children I have, it's, you know, I just kind of take a deep breath before I say it, depending on who it is, you know, if I feel comfortable or if it, they're just, you know, kind of just passing through asking me a, a question, I'll just, you know approach the situation however I feel, but that's, that's definitely a hard question for me. Yeah, this is, so this is an interesting, sorry, sorry, thought process back to the insurance comment. And you, you brought up something being a high risk uh, pregnancy. So again, not to get too political, uh, but it's probably that, that is that considered a pre uh, existing condition then moving forward Would your insurance potentially go up in the older version of insurances in the past pre Obamacare. Not sure. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's considered so. a pre-existing condition. Okay. Um, for me, um, I, I ended up having, you know, chronic hypertension, high blood pressure. Um, and they, I just had extra scans. Whereas, you know, a normal routine pregnancy, I think is maybe two to three ultrasounds. Um, I don't even know for sure because I was never a normal pregnancy. So, um, during my pregnancies, I would get full, complete three ultrasounds every four weeks, which are so expensive. Um, yeah. So that was really where it hit us in the in the future pregnancies. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and I mean, we we've been away from uh, pre existing conditions for a while, so I was just wondering if that would fall under the category. I, although I so. most most people know my political stances, I'm a big believer in some form of standardized healthcare that'll that make sure that stuff like that isn't an issue. But again, it, it may, it may just be more expensive, you know, for the, the scans, as you said, but I, I, we, we, it's important to not punish people for something they cannot control. And that is a 100% pocketbook punishment on top of the other stuff of what love Jessica's is, is doing and helping people with. Um, before I forget, I got to hear your philosophy, Jennifer, on the telling people when to tell people, uh, yes um so i will admit this is something that i recently changed uh my view on i saw somebody posted an article about it that said why is there this 12-week rule and and i read it and i was really interested in it and i agreed with her um and i myself i followed the 12-week rule it's sort of standard it's what everybody thinks you're supposed to do um i even upped it to a 20-week rule for my successful pregnancies because that's what we were told you know there's 90 seven or some odd percent chance if your 20 week scan is good. So I even said, we are not buying anything. Nobody will know nothing. Don't even speak about it until 20 weeks. Um, and I regret it because this article said, you know, that, and, and this is just my opinion, you know, the baby, it, that, that baby exists, um, whether you're find out when you're six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 35 weeks, um, so many things can happen in a pregnancy, um, celebrate that baby for every day and every moment that you have and share that baby and let your friends and family celebrate it as well. So that was one part of it. The other part was, well, the 12 week rule. So if something does happen in 12 weeks, does that mean you're not allowed to talk about it? 
Does that mean that you're not allowed to remember the child? Um, does that mean that you have to be quiet and you know suffer in in grieve in silence? Is that what that means? Um, so I don't know. That article really resonated with me. And um, even though you know we, we're not planning on having any future pregnancies, um, if it were to happen, I wouldn't wait until the 12 weeks. Um, you know, so I would celebrate that pregnancy every day that I had the chance to. Nice. That's actually, it's a really interesting way to look at it. Mallory, what's your role? Yeah. Um, I guess I probably did follow the 12 week rule telling, you know, family and friends. Um, but you're right. You know, once you're pregnant, I mean, I guess there's no reason why you can't share the news. And I feel like, you know, you get around friends and family, they can kind of sense it anyways. And, and then you're, kind of in the hot seat anyways, but I agree with that. I mean, there's no reason to, to wait the 12 weeks. Yeah. Once you're the, pregnant, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. Once that, once you got those, you know, if you're a regular drinker, like if people know right. that you're always <laughs> got like a, a truly in your hand or a glass of wine and all of a sudden you don't, it's pretty freaking obvious at that point. Let's, let's, I was going to go there. I didn't know if we could, but yeah, that's oh, no, a dead okay. devil. <laughs> you oh, know, once you see somebody not drinking, you're like, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is, uh, although this is our tamer show, trust me, there, there is nothing <laughs> that you cannot say uh, on any of our stuff. That wouldn't be fair to people. Um, so this is, I want to see, I want to use this, this comment as a teachable moment. We can all be crushed and saddened and, and go through stuff for other people, but the way that we treat it, if we are too crushed for those and we're too sad for those, instead of looking at the positive, we've lost the whole point of change makers. So you look at and why you two ladies are on here. I'm sa- I'm very sad for what you went through, but at the same time, what you went through has brought us here. And it's now affecting, it's, it's, it's a weird way to look at it, but God chose you, unfortunately, in the good and in the bad. He chose both of you ladies in order to do something that is not easy, very hard to go through so that you could change other people's lives. So when something bad happens to you in your life, no matter what it is, whether it's losing a child or something tragic, losing a loved one, a fiance, whatever it is, how you react from it is truly how it's going to define you and that tragedy. Don't let the tragedy define you. Let how you react to the tragedy define you, kind of like what these two ladies are doing um, to help people. So with that, Jennifer, tell us more about what the charity is up to, what Love Jessica is up to, and how many lives you're touching at, at this moment. Yeah, so um, so I, I totally agree with everything that you just said. Um, one piece to add on that is that it's not um, an overnight process. You know, this being able to, to talk about my losses and, and get to where I am today has taken several years, and, and it's still is tough at times, just like Mallory said, with when you get those certain questions, those triggers, et cetera. Um, so I just want every anybody that's listening to know, and you know, it's not, you don't have to be as vocal about it as I am right away. It's, and you don't have to ever be, you know, this is what works for me. It's helping me. Um, it's helping Mallory to our board members. So, um, definitely not an overnight process to, to get to where we are, but, um, but so far, and, and I personally, I didn't realize how much I needed it. I thought I was in a good place. Um, but this past year has helped my grieving process more than I even thought I needed. Um, so in the past year, we have helped 73 families in 28 different states for a little over $24,000 in medical bills paid. Um, we started at $250 per qualifying family, and now we're up to 500 per qualifying family. So it's not, it's never enough to cover the entire bill just because mm-hmm. as we ta- already talked about, bills are expensive. Um, but it's the little bit that does help. And it's the acknowledgement and them knowing that they're not alone. And we connect them with a couple other resources to help them. And then they're sort of in our family. You know, we, um, we reach out to them monthly. We just started initiating um, little remembrance cards that we're going to send out to every family we fund on the, the, an- the month of the anniversary of their loss. Um, so just, just little things like that. Uh, that's emotionally, that's a game changer, I think. And it's being a part right. of a community. And I know you have a Facebook group that I put up earlier. Uh, let's see, facebook.com backslash lovejessica.org. 
Now mm-hmm. that's that's to explain the charity, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and how people can get involved and how people can help. Um, but do you have a internal group of the families that have lost somebody that has been a client or a, a part of the charity? Do you have something like that? Um, so right now the the board it's just four of us. So it's myself, Mallory, and then we have Ashley and Carrie. Um, so all four of us have experienced losses. Um, so we're just four working moms, you know, doing this to honor our babies. Yeah. Um, as far as the the moms that we've funded, um, they we we don't um, inter- they're not part of our daily operations, but we do keep in touch with them just through the monthly cards, um, email newsletters, etc. Do you think I'm just I like to just spitball ideas middle of a show uh, (laughs) to have uh, just essentially a Facebook group of just people you've worked with, essentially where it's a community or is it something that almost like HIPAA? uh, They don't you know, they made I mean, I guess they always can have an option, just something that is a private group that they can be with each other for. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that, that's a good idea. You know, I, I actually haven't thought about that. Um, Mallory is sort of taking on our social media role. She's the expert. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that hasn't crossed my mind. But that's a good idea. That's something that yeah. we maybe should talk about just linking, you know, not I know there's Facebook groups for moms that have experienced a loss. There's several of those. Um, but creating one just for the Love Jessica families we've helped, that might be a, something to consider. Yeah. yeah. And and the cool thing about the the girls and and the families that we fund is, you know, we get referrals from that and we get, you know, they have, they experience, they know somebody that's experienced this loss. And so they send them over to us or, um, you know, their company donates some money to us or something to our organization. So I guess that's kind of where, you know, they, where they can help the Love Jessica organization and, and they, you know, a way to get thanks, I guess. Um, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki loves the guests that she brings out there. Like each one, she falls. Like I have to tell you, when she when she met you, ladies, you guys have been talking for a while. I believe she's like Anthony. They have to get on. They are these two <laughs> ladies. I swear to God. Like it's and if she always starts. My girlfriend loves this too. Whenever she either text messages or calls, it always starts with. And she may have done it to you, ladies too, Anthony. And then you feel like something major is going to be coming. And sometimes it is. And sometimes like Anthony, that picture of your dog was so cute. <laughs> you, never know, you never know where it's going to go. Um, so yeah, the, the, just to go back on that whole Facebook thing is my thought process, just like you said, you get kind of referrals and you don't know, like for it's, it's that whole philosophy of when somebody is down and in a bad place where they are a year from now could be a very different place. And they might be right. the one to introduce you to funding and more. And again, it could be more families or more, more funding either way. So, um, I think that would, I mean, Hey, here, just, you know, throwing out board ideas out here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. We definitely, that's definitely something we should, we should talk about and consider. Yeah. Um, so, so you've helped, you said 73 families at this point. Um, yeah. Obviously, without disclosing too much, I would love to know if there's any specific stories that stand out, stories that impacted you. I'm sure what you do, although fulfilling, probably causes lots of tears and struggle. But is there any f- specific story that you can think of that, uh, that really resonated with you and it's something that you carry with you every day? Um, yeah, there's, uh, I I know I have one. I don't know if, if Mallory has one because she reads a a majority of the stories as well. Um, but one that stuck out to me and and when the girls, when they apply, they get to write, you know, your story. And some of them are really long and some of them are really short. Um, I think it's part of it is an outlet for them to get to talk about their baby and their experience. Some of them have said, this is the first time that I've talked about or that I've typed it out or written it out. And this is healing just to sort of go back through it all in my mind. Um, But one of them is just more heartbreaking than the next. Um, There was one, it was a grandma that applied um, for her daughter. And, um, and they, because we were able to pay the medical bill, they were able to afford a headstone. So um, that one really stuck out to me just because she was so grateful um, otherwise, you know, the head, they would have had to save up for a headstone for, you know, several, several months or years. Um, but that one really stuck out to me, oh. but they they all stick out. They're all, they're all devastating stories. 
Yeah. I'm assuming just because of what you've been through, it's got to be a pretty cathartic experience every time you go through it and pick them. Uh, Mallory, mm-hmm. how about you? Anybody that stands out? Yeah, um, not necessarily, but it, yeah, it's the longer stories that get me. Where And then what Jennifer said, you know, you kind of have to relive it and you can, you feel for them. You remember that we're all feeling, you know, when, when they're explaining, they went in for a checkup and there was no heartbeat and then they had to, you know, go to the hospital and labor delivery. And then, you know, maybe be close to a delivery in the hospital, you know, hearing other babies. And, um, so yeah, not one necessarily sticks out to me, but they all, they all like touch my heart in some aspect and I feel for them and I just want to, you know, give them a hug. Um, but instead, you know, I'll, I'll support them and we'll help pay some of the med- medical bills so they don't have to have that financial burden as they go through this and just know that love Jessica will continue to, you know, we want to continue this organization for a long time to come. I know Jennifer's got some lofty goals too with the organization and we're, we're supporting her through it, but um, we hope that, you know, we can spread the news about this organization and, and be a voice and, and, you know, break the silence as Jennifer says with, stillborn and miscarriages. Um, how do you, how do you choose the families? We, we don't. Um, so they, they apply with us. Um, in the, in the beginning, I did a lot of outreach via the other Facebook groups that are for, you know, um, lost families. So I would post in those groups, you know, Hey, check out our organization. We're new, um, apply if you qualify. And, um, now, I, I mean, through word of mouth, the power of social media is is huge. Um, we we get applications almost daily, um, so the people find us, and and when they apply, it, they have to answer a question of how did you hear about us? And I always enjoy reading that answer because a lot of them say, you know, I, I googled financial support after a miscarriage, or um, you know, the hospital told me about you, or you know, my aunt saw you on the news. Um, something like that. So they're all pretty different, but, um, but yeah, they, people find us and, um, and enough applications come in to keep us busy. Okay. So that, that, that was my question. So pretty much those that find you are not turned away at this point. You're, you're still able to manage the influx with the amount of money and funding that you have coming in. We are. Yes. Um, it's all, it's on, it's always a balancing act, right? How much, how much donations do we have versus how many applications? Um, I, sometimes I get nervous about it, but I like to think that we're doing such a good thing that the money will always be there. The donations will always come. Um, but as long as they qualify, so as long as they go through the qualification process and they can submit the bill copies and we're able to verify, um, that the bills are for a miscarriage or a stillbirth. You know, we want to make sure that we're not paying for anybody's, um, you know, gallbladder to be removed or their total knee surgery or anything like that. Um, so we have to verify what the bills are for. Um, but as long as that process is able to be completed, then they get their their five hundred dollars paid towards their bill. Excellent. Um, so before we get into the lofty goals, and I've got one more kind of interesting question. Uh, at least I think it's interesting. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about all the different areas people can find you and what you're doing. So I'm going to throw up the Facebook page right now in the comments. If you guys want to click on it and save it, uh, have that, it might take you out or just copy it. I would say copy it and bring it over someplace else. Um, you're trying to push uh, Facebook right now and your Instagram page, correct? Yes. Um, I mean, the more followers we can get, the better this, the power of social media has just amazed me over the past year. So Mm-hmm. Excellent. And then I'm going to put up the website and I know that you got you had something you showed me earlier that you are selling on the website. So if you want to grab that pendant. Yeah. So we have um right here we have a little like ceramic heart lapel pen. It goes you pin it on and um we have pink, we have blue, and we have white. So um, they're meant to be worn in remembrance of your baby, um, Mother's Day, any other special occasion. Um, they're also really good gifts to um, if you have a friend or family member that's, that's lost a child. If you don't feel comfortable necessarily having a conversation about their loss, this is something great that you can send them to say, hey, I remember your baby. Excellent. Yeah, those are, mm-hmm. those are very cool. Yeah. Um, and also, again, you don't know what to do. 
in those situations, mm-hmm. that's a nice alternative. And obviously it's helping people all at the same time. So very cool. So go to love-jessica.org for that. Uh, and mm-hmm. all the Facebook pages uh, I've been continuously, you got Instagram, you've got Facebook, you've got all that in the comments. If you want to click it, mm-hmm. that's both on Instagram or both on uh, YouTube, as well as Facebook. Uh, Rhonda said, you ladies are amazing. I pray blessings on you both. Okay. So now I have, I have a question um, in terms of, obviously, it's not just the moms. It's a family issue. Um, fathers obviously handle things differently. And I'm sure they, you know, Mallory, your husband and Jennifer, your husband, probably had two very different ways to handle it. Um, you've kind of explained your experiences. What kind of experience do the men go through uh, during these situations? Yeah, I- I can speak for my husband. He was, I mean, of course, you know, just anything and everything to help me, to make me feel comfortable, you know, like, um, he was a hundred (laughs) percent there for me to help me. And I know that, um, you know, he got some books. I think that helped him. I mean, he struggled too. It was really hard for the both of us. And, you know, he's got close friends that he could kind of connect with, but not on the same level as like, you know, Jennifer, Jennifer and I, who experienced it, I don't think he had that type of a friendship with anybody, but, um, you know, we just, we just kind of stuck together. I mean, it was, he was my rock through it because he, he didn't necessarily, you know, carry the baby, but he was there for the entire process. And, and, you know, he, he just stood by me and, and was there for me through all the healing process too. And all the grieving. Yeah. Jennifer, what about you? Um, yeah, same, um, same thing. Um, he, my husband, sorry, that's my dog barking in the background. (laughs) Um, my husband was great through it all as well. Um, I think he tried, you know, as, as the male figure, uh, you know, of the house, um, he tried to put on a brave face and, um, and be that support when I was falling apart. Um, I could tell it was hard on him. Um, and I could tell he was hurting and I could also tell that he was trying to cover it up. Um, just to, you know, I, I think he felt like, you know, we, we can't both fall apart and one of us has to, you know, have it together. Um, and he had his moment. I know he, he talks about it now. He had his moment when he was driving by himself and it was a certain song, um, that came on the radio and where he finally broke down and cried. Um, I, I didn't see him cry, so I can't verify oh. that. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, I, 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 he had his moment alone and, um, I feel for some of the the moms and the women that don't have such a strong, um, significant other to support them through it. I can't imagine how hard that would be. Um, but, but yeah, thankfully he was good and men and women just grieve differently. It's totally different. Um, it's just totally different. That's all that yeah. I can say about it. Yeah. Interesting. And out of the, which brings, uh, gives you another question out of the 73 uh, uh, parents that you've helped, how many of them were solo? Not, so, not a full family at that point. That's not information that we, that we get. Um, are you referring to like how many were like a, single par- a spouse like a single, or married? Yeah. Like a single parent mom or Yeah. Yeah. So that's not information that we get. I mean, unless they they put that out there in their story, that's not something that we ask them for. Um, yeah. I can say that of the 73, um, 72 have been women that have applied. There was one husband that applied um, on behalf of his family. So that was the the only male that applied. The rest have all been women. Wow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I can't. I, I, you know, it's funny. I was listening to something today, and it was talking about masculinity and manliness, and the difference between the two. And masculinity is just something inherent. We have just a certain difference in strength, but manliness is this this where you actually go above and beyond. And which I, it's funny. I kind of always thought of it the other way. Like we're all kind of manly, but but masculinity is something different. But they flip the script on it. It's two different things, and it really is this ability to be strong in that face for your feminine or your female counterpart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like I, I'm a crier. I know that that situation would not be easy. Like, trust me, Jennifer, I could tell you, I would be visibly with tears at times here and there. Like I, you know, so I, I just, I think it's interesting how every, every guy is very different. Um, and, mm-hmm. and obviously women, 
I think women in a situation like this, you sound like you have a very different experiences, but deal with it in similar ways. And I just think that's, that's interesting. Um, All right, let's get into the positive. Let's end this uh, show with these lofty goals. Tell me what the plans are (laughs) for love Jessica and, uh, and what you, what you ladies are going to be doing from this point forward. Um, so Mallory knows my lofty goals. Um, I, I mean, obviously to continue to help families, to continue to have the funding be enough to keep doing what we're doing. That's the main goal. Um, right now we're at 500 per family. I would love to be able to get up to a thousand per family. Um, but you know, depending on the the funding, I don't want to overcommit. So that's the first goal. Um, the second goal is to reach every state. Uh, we've reached 28 states so far. So, um, so we're a little over halfway there. Um, I would love for our organization to be known um, nationwide. You know, you think of uh, cancer, you have the American Cancer Society, Susan G. Komen, th- those are known. Uh, March of Dimes is known. Um, I want to be known like that. You know, you lost your baby. Here's love, Jessica. That's, that's what, um, what I want to be. The that's a lofty goal, but there's one loftier. Um, the, the loftier one is to, and, and this gets into, you know, uh, political and changing laws, et cetera. But um, I want the bills to go away. I don't think that you should ever get a bill if you've had a miscarriage or a stillbirth. You know, whatever um, part portion insurance covers, the rest should be forgiven from the doctor and the hospital and the anesthesiologist and everyone else that send you a bill. Um, they just shouldn't, I think legally it shouldn't be allowed. And I know there's so much that goes into that and I haven't even done my initial research, but that's my, that's my lofty goal. No, I, I I think that's, I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, I mean, there's lobbyists and bills and politics and, and humanity. That's the things that should be being brought to the House and Senate floor is these these kind of things. These are people that could not control their outcomes, plain and simple. And it it is something that, um, you know, I'll get a little bit political. People talk about us being a, de- a, a democracy or capital. I'm sorry, a capitalist country. Um, mm-hmm. And then they fight with like, no, but we have a lot of socialist ideals. We do. There is no capitalist society that can't exist without some form of socialism in a sense. And and that's what, you know, the medical, the medical uh, uh, systems that we have in place to a point. But there is a socialist side that is positive. That is when you cannot control things, help those that cannot be controlled. And mm-hmm. I really do think uh, that'd be, that's something that is a lofty goal. Um, it also, by the way, would end your organization. Uh, but, <laughs> but that it would be would, a good but then thing. My goal, my goal would be accomplished. There I know, would be I'm nobody t- else to help, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm so kidding. No. job is done. <laughs> no, it's, it's not over with at that point because paperwork is a B word, you know that. So then your job would be to help people fill out the proper paperwork. So your job, your duty at that point would never be, never be complete. Um, you, it's you never maybe, over, right? <laughs> it's never over. You made me think, oh, is there any other organizations? Because I've never heard of anything for something like this. Is there any other organizations that do what you do? There are some others. Um, and and I've, I've talked to the founders of some other organizations like this. Um, not one that is exactly like us. I feel like every, every organization that I found is similar. They help families that have experienced what happened to them. Um, there's a couple that, that help families only with a, a loss that was 20 weeks or beyond. Um, there's, uh, some organizations that help families only in their little three counties that, that they live in. Um, so as far as one that helps, I mean, we help miscarriage or stillbirth because I experienced both, um, and we're nationwide. So we're not just Indiana or Kentucky or Chicago. Um, as far as being full spectrum pregnancy and nationwide, I do not know of one exactly like that, but there are similar, they're just very specific as to who qualifies for their funding um so just out of curiosity is there a statistic that you have and i'm sure you do actually that was a a dumb question on my part um (laughs) how many miscarriages or stillbirths are there in the united states per year based on whatever statistics are reported Yep. So um, there's lots of different, you know, stats that come out like that. Um, the the most accurate one is um, one in every 160 births is stillborn. Jesus. 
over 24,000 a year um, is the stat. So, and then miscarriages, it's um, every 10 to 20% of known pregnancies are miscarriages. And that's known pregnancies where granted a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant. Um, and they just think it's, you know, their time of the month is late. So um, if they were to know they were pregnant, that number would even go up. So the stats around this are, are crazy Astronomical. high. And nobody talks about it. I mean, during the pregnancies, you get told of all these other things, you know, don't eat deli meat, don't drink beer, um, don't drink, you know, one little eight ounce glass of coffee, like all these little things you get, but you never get told, oh, there's a one in 160 chance that your baby could be stillborn. I never yeah. heard that. And um, miscarriage is sort of everyone, I don't know, everyone sort of thinks, okay, miscarriage is common, but who cares? It's just because it's common. Does that mean we can't talk about it? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, so thought I just you know, have a yeah. thought, um, in terms of legislature, the way to look at it is obviously those numbers are really, really high, impossible to save everyone. Um, right. an interesting thought process would be to start, if you want to start working on it would be to create a tax credit for those families that have to spend that money that are in a certain income bracket. Um, and that is a feasible, that is a feasible bill that you could pass, especially on a state level. Um, so that would Mm -hmm. be my, my initial suggestion. And if it's presented on the state, then you could take it more of a national level as well. But if it's presented on the state, you know, families that make under a hundred thousand dollars, uh, whatever, those would be the ones that those bills would either be forgiven via tax credit. And, and then that's just, it would, it would take a while, obviously, but I think Mm -hmm. full forgiveness is probably, uh, I, I don't like to say things are impossible, but I think they'd be impossible. But a very feasible sense would be to make it just something based uh, on income base. So that's a great yeah. idea as well. That's a great yeah. idea. Write, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm an I'm honorary board member. Just kidding. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, well, excellent. Uh, ladies, I just want to thank you both for what you're doing. I love this show because it in the world we live in, there's a lot of crap. And to see people that have taken their own crap, their stuff that's uncontrollable and turned it into stuff that can actually create change in the world. And the fact that you've touched 73 families already and with the goal of touching so many more is uh, amazing. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for obviously, I know you've affected some of the people in the comments as well. Um, I'd love to get some final words from you, if possible. Mallory, I'll go ahead and start with you and then end it with Jennifer. Sure. So thank you for having us on here today. This was, this is great. And and thank you all the listeners. And we hope that we were able to shed some light for you and, and help you if you're ever in this situation on how to talk to women and mothers or um, how you can help, um, you know, fund those that, that need it or, um, you know, donate to the organization. So thank you so much, Anthony, for having us on here. And thanks for all the listeners. No problem. All right, Jennifer, go ahead. Um, yeah. So, so just like what Mal said, I mean, thanks for having us, Anthony. I appreciate it. Um, you and Nikki have been great. Um, thanks to everybody for listening, for hearing our stories. Um, you know, just like we, we like to hear the mom stories that we help, um, you know, Mallory and I, we like to talk about, about the babies that we lost as well. So, um, I guess I'll leave you guys with, if you know anybody that has had a loss, remember their baby, talk about their baby. You don't have to have a long in-depth conversation, but don't pretend like that baby didn't exist. It'll mean the world to that person. Yeah. It's a whole different way of looking at it. Um, mm-hmm. and a different way of having that and bridging that conversation. Um, yep. yeah. And you know, it's it, it, to add one little bit, it's funny cause there's certain things people don't want to talk about anymore. And it's like, it's like, Oh my God, everybody keeps asking me. Everybody keeps asking me. I don't think this is one of those things. This is one of those things people avoid so much that if somebody brings it up, it's not bad. And if somebody starts to cry, it's life. That's just, it's, it's, it's a positive energy with negative emotions that you see. And I think it's important if you have the, the guts to bridge that conversation and want to get involved. I think it's very important for the mother to do that and to have that conversation. So ladies, again, love Jessica, love dash, uh, Jessica.org. All the Facebook and Instagram pages are in the comments. Uh, as a reminder, if you didn't get to catch this episode, you can always watch it on YouTube and Facebook, uh, or at hashtag be the backslash podcast. 
that is a place where all of our shows, every single one of them, truth will set you free. Uh, this show, uh, what else we got? Bump, 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 Concert Avengers, and some of the other stuff that we do. All of that is housed on the hashtag Be The Change. Oh, Questions Unraveled is another one uh, with Emily Robbins as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, go about your day. Have a great rest of your day, great rest of your evening. And remember that whatever happens to you in your life, like the Tony Robbins quote, what he loves to say, life isn't happening to us, it's happening for us. So please remember that, hold that with you. Um, and nothing but love for you ladies and, and keep doing what you're doing. Keep pressing on and everybody out there. If you're inspired to do something, be the change you wish to see in the world. Thank you guys so much and uh, have a great evening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.